Blog Talk Radio. Cardinal fans, welcome to the official Redbird Rants podcast. I am your host tonight, Tito Rivera, and I'm joined by one of our contributors, Josh McDonald. Josh, how's it going tonight? One of our best contributors. Um, I'm I'm doing good. Just watching the Cardinals hold on to their lead right now, so no complaints yet. Yes, yes, that is a great thing. As you say, the Cardinals do have a lead right now. It is eight to four in the bottom of the fifth. Matt Carpenter just drew a walk as he customarily does, and that's always a good sign for the Redbirds. Um, we've got a great episode today. We are excited to get to all the topics, so let's not waste any more time and let's talk about the playoff race and where that leaves us as of today. The Cardinals come into today's play two games back of the Chicago Cubs in the Central Division and three in the, three games back of the Colorado Rockies in the NL wild card for that last spot. Josh, give us a little update of what you've seen so far tonight and, and how you see the standings changing a little bit. Well, to this point, you've seen the Cardinals doing what they have to do they can really only control themselves in, in this race right now and just keep winning games and hope things shake out your way. Bats are still alive, which is promising, considering how we've had injuries, guys not playing for a couple of days and relying on young guys a lot. So that's that's been really, really nice to see. Uh, Lynn looked good early, and he finally got some run support thankfully, because he had a little bit of a blow up there in, in the top of the fifth. But as long as they hold on, win, uh, win another one, and keep this keep this thing going, uh, all eyes will be on the weekend. As it, when it comes to this race, though, the Cardinals are not seeming to get a whole lot of love from the teams that they need to be winning right now. The Rockies seem to be playing like the, one of the best teams in baseball, and the Cubs after struggling this weekend, get to face a depleted Mets team, which can only help them. I don't see them losing a game this series, unfortunately, because there's no one to test them. So hopefully Arizona can come out tonight and take one from the Rockies, and then the Cardinals can keep doing their winning thing, and we'll see how things shake out. Right, and just to give everybody a quick update on the scores around the Major League, uh, teams for, you know, and more specific for the teams that matters. Like I said, the Cardinals are winning 8-4 to four in the fifth. The Milwaukee Brewers are winning 5-2 to two in the bottom of the seventh, and that's at, Mid-Wa- at Milwaukee. So they look poised to probably finish off that game. And the Cubs recently took the lead against the Mets. They were down 2-0, to zero, but now they're up 4-2, to two, also in the bottom of the fifth. So each of those games is moving on quite nicely. As Josh said, you know, the Cardinals are right there 
and they are looking to cement themselves in the playoff race. So let's go ahead and let's jump into the week ahead, the Red Series and the Cubs Series, and we're going to talk about what to watch for. And as obviously, uh, you know, with the first game of the Reds going on, let's Josh, let's just talk about what we've seen so far in just this game, what stood out, and then we'll move on to games two and three, and then we'll move on to the weekend series. So, Josh, what stood, stood out for you in game one so far? I mean, to this point, I think you just have to look at the the spread out offense. And they have eight runs right now, so you know things are going well, but it's not just because of a couple guys. You got Gritchick getting involved, Molina getting involved, Jose Martinez getting involved, Matt Carpenter's in there, Colton Wong's in there. Everybody is doing their part right now, and that's pretty big for this team that has shown signs of disappearing at the plate. So if they can keep this up, I really think that they could make a really good run right out of the playoff spot. Right, and I think it's also important to throw out, you know, up like as you said, up until the fifth inning before that blow-up, Lynn was actually pitching very well. He gave up a solo home run in the first inning, but then settled down very nicely through the next three. And he only had, I think, 58 pitches going into the to into the fifth inning. And then all of a sudden, you know, two runs score, an error, give, you know, drives in another run. And all of a sudden he's up to 73 pitches entering the top half of the sixth. So I personally think the biggest thing that stood out so far is that, uh, you know, the offense obviously has given us the runs. And it looks like, you know, Brett Cecil's in the game now. So, you know, I wonder if Lynn is hurt maybe or they're just trying to limit his innings a little bit with the lead. Um, but, you know, Lynn needed a good start and, you know, my dad and I were talking about it earlier tonight. They needed Lynn to have a good start. He gave them, you know, good quality innings and the offense was just there to be, uh, to help him out. So that's what I saw from game one. So let's move to game two. What do you, or let's just say the rest of this series, let's assume the Cardinals win tonight. They enter, you know, tomorrow with a four-game win streak. What are you looking for in games two and three? Because I wrote an article last week saying that they needed to take all six of the games remaining with the Reds, and hopefully they finish off this one. So that means five more to go, and two of them are happening in the next two days. So, Josh, what are you expecting from the Cardinals for these next two days? It's all about the youth, baby. We got Jack Flaherty and Luke Weaver taking the mound these next two days. And while it's not the toughest of opponents, it's a real test because this goes from these guys. This is probably these guys' biggest start to this point because I wrote a piece this week that said that this is a make-or-break week for the Cardinals. If they don't make their move and – keep winning or that they fall off like they've been known to do after a good stretch, their season's done. There's not that much time left. So I'm really watching for Luke Weaver and Jack Flaherty these next two days because as they go, the team's going to go. They can't have an outing where they go three innings and let up six runs because that will tax the bullpen and set things up to be potentially scary the next night. So I'm watching those guys a lot. 
And I'm interested to see how the lineup is handled because there's some hot bats there right now, and I don't know who you really want to sit because Harrison Bader just – he's something else. I'm very happy he's getting his opportunity. They just called up Mags. You have Piscotty, Gritchick, and Fam out there. You have Martinez. There's a lot of bats on this team right now and just not enough at-bats to go around. Right, and I think that's – you know, that's something we as Cardinal fans are beginning to notice a lot more is, you know, how many of these young guys are actually going to be getting, you know, a lot of playing time, you know, coming up. Because you also have to remember Fowler is going to come back from injury, and that's going to displace somebody in the outfield. So Harrison Bader, you know, might be the odd man out there. Um but if he continues to swing a hot bat, you know, you can't justify not have you know, not having him in the lineup. And maybe Gritchick is eventually, you know, the odd man out. So a lot of musical chairs are going to happen. This is what I'm – I'm going to have to agree with you with the youth movement of the St. Louis Cardinals over the next two days. If there was a, if there was a game that they're going to lose, it's going to be Jack Flaherty's game. And it's not because he's not a good pitcher. It's because he's, you know, just – he's not – he doesn't have an ex- experience in the major leagues. And that's going to be one of the hardest things for him to realize. You know, I, I know that he knows he's a good pitcher, and the Cardinals know that. But this is the major leagues. He got his, you know, he's got two outings in him already. Um, but I will say this, and we will talk about this later. Um, if Jack Flaherty continues to impress and, and be a good pitcher, he needs to stay in the rotation, get as much experience as he can. And now that and now that's hard to say because I'm a big advocate of Carson Kelly, you know, still being on the bench while Yadier Molina swings a hot bat. Um, so it sounds kind of hypocritical, but this isn't the same thing as being a catcher behind, you know, Yadier Molina. So I, I'm really looking forward to what you know Jack Flaherty has to offer. I think you know he needs to be smart about pitching to Joey Votto. You know, he's easily the Reds' best player and one of the best players in the major leagues. He just needs to be smart, be a smart pitcher, and and go out there and throw. And I, and I wonder, and I, Josh, I want to ask you this, if you think Carson Kelly is going to get the start on Thursday. I think he gets one start this week, and that one seems like it makes the most sense to me. I know you want to ride out Yachty's hot bat, but at what cost? I think that him getting rest is ever so important right now because this team is knocking on the door of a playoff run. If you try to ride him too hard the rest of the regular season, you could be risking some problems when the playoffs get around. Now, I don't I know Yachty has made it very clear he trains to play 175 games or whatever he said, but we have to be realistic that he, his body won't hold up for that much. So get him in, get Carson in there for a game, especially because these are guys that he's comfortable with. I think that it's not the worst idea in the world, but I'm not Mike Matheny. No, and I'm sure a lot of us out there would probably say that Carson Kelly should be starting on Thursday uh, because of who, you know, who's pitching to him. Um but it's very interesting. I, I wonder if because of Yachty's hot bat, they might consider putting him at first base and giving Matt Carpenter some time off because he, again, is coming off of injury as well. 
And so maybe that could be an option to see Molina at first base because of his, you know, hot bat right now. I mean, you know, he had a couple home runs over the weekend, and then he comes out today, hits a double to to give us the lead in the bottom of the first. So, you know, that's that's certainly something to think about. So, Josh, let's go ahead and move on to the big weekend series that is coming up between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs. And, you know, you wrote in your article that this is the, you know, probably the most important, you know, week for the Cardinals. And I'll one-up you when I say this is the series for the Cardinals. I think it can make or break the Cardinals very easily, as you have said. What do you make of the Cardinals' chances this weekend in Wrigley? You know, I got to – the way they're playing, I have to say that I think that they definitely can't be discounted because it's not like the Cubs are beating down anybody's doors and playing amazing baseball right now. They just got swept this past weekend. So – and their top pitcher in Jake Arrieta doesn't exactly have a timetable for his next start. So we don't have to see him, which is always a plus, given – we do have to see Quintana, who's a very good pitcher, but we get to see John Lackey, who is, to me, on his way out, and Kyle Hendricks, who has turned his season around from the beginning, but he's not the Cy Young candidate that he was last year. I'm not as scared of their pitching that as some might be. I will say I am always worried about that lineup because – while it's underperformed this year, they have some mashers in there. So those are guys I really want to watch because you give a couple poor pitches to Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, those are going to be out of the park. And you're playing in the Windy City, so you know things are going to be going to be flying. Yeah, and I think one thing that you didn't touch on here in the podcast, but you did touch on in your article was the starting pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals. I think that is the most important thing coming into this weekend. You're talking about Carlos Martinez. It was Carlos Martinez, uh, Waka, and Lynn, correct, this weekend? And that, to me, that's a pretty strong group. And you said it yourself. You know, if you're going to go out and try and win some games, you know, the way that everybody has been pitching – I mean, you can't really can't really say too much else. And I think if the Cardinals are going to take at least two of these games, it's going to come from the first matchup of the series between Martinez and John Lackey. You're right. John Lackey has not been the same pitcher, and you're, he's probably on the twilight of his career. Um, and he's not the same pitcher. He is hittable. You know, he's had a, a couple good games against the Cardinals before, but as I said in our Twitter group, I personally think the Cardinals are the hottest team in the NL Central, and I'm sure more of the guys are going to start agreeing with me here soon, and maybe you do at this point. But to me, nobody's playing better baseball than the Cardinals right now across the board. The lineup, the starting pitching, and the bullpen, especially with the addition of Juan Nicasio. So that's why I think if the Cardinals can carry this momentum from the Red Series over to the Cubs Series – you know, it doesn't matter who they're seeing or this weekend. To me, all of those pitchers are beatable. They've showed that they can hit Quintana, 
the last time they faced him, they put up four earned runs on him. While that may not that wasn't enough to beat the Cubs, you can you can see that he is hittable and that they can score. So, am I afraid of the Cubs? For the same reason you are, but I honestly think the Cardinals can take two of these next uh, two of the next three games against the Cubs. What do you think? You know, back to your point, and I did talk about it in the article a little bit. Going into this weekend with those three being our pitchers, there's literally no other way I would have wanted it because Lance Lynn has been one of the best pitchers in the NL over the last month, month and a half. Carlos Martinez seems to have discovered things, and Michael Waka has been absolutely incredible this year except for one stretch of poor play. And I will eat all the crow because I did not expect that from him this year. I expected shoulder problems and he has proved everyone wrong. So props to you, Michael Waka. I am really looking forward to this series. And I don't know that, I don't know that the Cubs or the, or the Brewers could even be in the same category as the Cardinals right now as in relation to hot play. And just overall, because, the Cubs, as I just said a little bit ago, just got swept, and now they're facing off against one of the worst teams in the league. That's not exactly a great example of how well they're playing. The Brewers just had to shut down one of their better pitchers in Zach right. or, or in uh, Jimmy, Jordy, Nelson. Or Jimmy Nelson. I was football season. I was thinking Jordy Nelson, um, <laughs> but they're they're not playing great either, and. Also, props to them for being where they are right now. No one expected this. But if you're asking me, asking me who is the top team in the Central play-wise, because clearly the Cubs are still at the top of the standing, it's the Cardinals and it's not close. Right. So, and, and that's why I asked in our Twitter group, because it was very evident to me that with the struggles the Cubs were having and the inconsistency of the second half for the Milwaukee Brewers, and not to say the Cardinals weren't definitely inconsistent, but coming into September before this weekend, they were, you know, five and two or four and two uh, in September. And then they or no. Yeah. Five and two. And they go off and rip off three more wins. And now they're about to probably win their next game. You know, they're the hottest team in September right now. And, Frankly, that bodes well for the team going into this weekend as long as they continue to play well through the next couple of days because, again, I cannot overstate how critical it is to beat the teams you need to beat, especially the, the, the Cincinnati Reds. Like, I would encourage people to go look at one of my later – or one of my recent articles about the division – and take a look at the winning percentages the Cardinals have against each of their division opponents. They're awful. Before the before the sweep of the Pirates, they were 23 and 31 against the division. That is, I mean, awful. If they even wanted to come close to what they did last year uh, against the division, they would have had to have won 19 of the next 22 games. Is that going to happen? Absolutely not. That's not going to happen. But they can win a certain amount of games to make themselves competitive. And that's what the Cardinals need to do. So that's why I said in my article, they have to take these games against the Reds because they're not a better, the Reds are not a better team. And it's clear and evident, you know, by scoring 10 runs, they don't have the pitching. All they have is pure offense. 
So if you go out and execute and do the things that you need to do, you will find yourself in the postseason. So it, it's it's very difficult to gauge, you know, how hot a team is based on beating lesser teams. But I see it as a confidence booster, and I think that's where the Cardinals are headed. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't. I don't think I, I even need to say it again because you've said it, and it it needs to be just drilled into fans, players, coaches, management's head. You have to beat these under 500 teams. If you don't, then you clearly do not belong in the playoffs, and they are who we thought they were, essentially. Um, right. They're, right. They're, and you, they're and winning you games right now, it. though, so – yeah, and you alluded and you alluded to, you know, them going on big streaks and then not, you know, cashing in, you know, a week later and they lose their next three of four or something like that, you know, and it just becomes a big problem. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to keep going with our discussion. So stick around. You're listening to the Official River Rants podcast. Thank you. Okay, welcome back to the official Redbird Rants podcast. I'm Tito Rivera. I am joined by Josh McDonald. And Josh, you and I just got done discussing what to watch for and what we're looking forward to this weekend, um, especially with the Cubs series. And just as a quick update for the playoff race, the Arizona Diamondbacks do have a 1-0 lead over the Rockies in the top of the third right now, and that's in Arizona so we'll be closely monitoring that, and I'm sure the Cardinals will be as well. A win by the Cardinals today and a Rockies loss would mean that the Cardinals would be two games back of the NL wild card. Um, Milwaukee is still winning in the bottom of the eighth, and the Cubs are now winning 6-2 to two in the bottom of the sixth. So, you know, the only team that is not winning is the Rockies, and that's not a bad thing. Um but as long as the Cubs are winning, the Cardinals need to win, right, Josh? A hundred percent. You you can't, especially with the way they've been playing lately, you can't rely on the wild card being an option with with Chase and the Rockies. You have to you have to keep winning no matter what, and you have to have your eyes set on what's technically closer, and that's the Cubs. And realistically, it's it's a lot it's a lot better to go into winning the division and not have to play a play-in game than worrying about getting that second wild card and then having one more game to see if you're going to continue your postseason stretch. Yeah, and and it's obvious that, you know, we as baseball fans know that you want to win the division to avoid that one-game playoff game. And if you can avoid that, you know, the Cardinals were more than likely going to be, you know, set up with a rematch with the Washington Nationals in the National League Division Series. But, you know, we're not going to get our hopes up too high, um, but hopefully we can say that at some point. But the division is going to be won some way or another, and I think it's going to rest on the starting pitching. So that's going to transition us into our next topic, and that's Mike Matheny's recent comments about Adam Wainwright being the ace, quote-unquote, the ace of the starting pitching rotation. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to read what his quote was, and I'm sure a lot of Cardinal fans have already seen it before, 
but I think it's, it's worth mentioning again exactly what he said. And that goes like this. Adam Wainwright is our ace. He doesn't necessarily have that stuff like a Carlos Martinez right now, but that doesn't matter. In my mind, an ace is a guy who's going to lead our staff. The bottom line for us inside here is wins and losses. And this guy just seems to figure out how to do it. It's also amazing to watch how hard our club plays for a guy like him. End quote. Josh, I know you're probably itching at this one, but what do you make of this? I was really hoping you'd go to me on this one first. Um, There is a line between backing your player and just straight up pandering. And that is straight up pandering. I understand what Adam Wainwright has done for this team. I understand what he has done throughout his career. Great guy. Never going to discount him. One of my favorite all-time Cardinals. Incredible person. But come on. To be an ace, you need to have the stuff like Carlos Martinez or you need to have numbers like a guy who doesn't have that stuff. Wainwright isn't close to either one of those at this point in his career. Now, I would compare a lot of that to him being injured, but he still didn't have it when he was seemingly healthy. How are you going to say this guy is an ace? That quote would have been so much better if all he said was, Adam Wainwright is the heart and soul of our clubhouse or something along those lines. Just talking about how much the guys respect him and how much he inspires the team and how great of a guy he is is a lot better than calling him an ace. That's just demeaning to aces around the league. Right, and I think I'm not going to disagree with you, that's for sure, because there is no disagreeing, you know, on a quote like this, because I think everybody knows around, you know, Cardinal Nation that Wainwright is not the staff, quote-unquote, ace, um, if we even have an ace. But one thing that jumps out to me in this quote is is the wins and losses things. We're here for wins and losses. While Adam Wainwright does have a lot of wins, he also has the highest run you know run support among the among the pitchers. And so when you can have a lot of runs, you're more than likely going to end up giving up a lot of runs, and that's why he has an ERA in the fours. So you know to me saying that he's the ace is not necessarily correct. Um, he is the, he's probably one of the leaders, if not the leader on the Cardinals. And that's great. He's been through the postseason. He's won two world series, you know, even though he didn't pitch that year, but he is a leader. And that is something that the Cardinals need to have in this moment because of what's going on. You know, the Cardinals in 2011, you know, they came back from, you know, 10 games back and, and ended up in the wild card. And Wainwright was in the clubhouse at that time. He knows what's going on. And so not a lot of these younger guys besides Yachty don't really know that. And so as the team has progressed, maybe Wainwright has become the quote-unquote ace because of his leadership, and that's how Matheny sees it. But if you're talking about realistic who is the pitching ace, then it is Carlos Martinez, you know, he's almost the default because he has the best stuff on the team. Does that mean he's an ace compared to everybody else, like a Max Scherzer, Chris Sale? No, but, you know, he he is the ace of the Cardinals. 
and he because he's the best pitcher, and Wainwright is not the best pitcher. Yeah, you know, and just in reference to Carlos real quick, and I know it's a little off topic, but to be an ace, you have to have two things, the mentality and the stuff. Right now, Carlos has one of those, and he's working on the other. So I think that he he has some time to develop. I think he will be that ace because you look at his numbers and they're absolutely there, but he just has to get the mentality there. Um, I mean – it's hard to discount discount anything that Wainwright has done, but we've said it, and I'll say it again and again. Wainwright is an incredible person. His role in this team, if it's not in the staff, is absolutely necessary because, as you said, this is a very young team. You have Yachty and you have Wayno. Then everybody else is essentially gone. So from, like, those successful years around, like, 2011, you have to you have to just really look at that and appreciate that, but you do not have to call him an ace. Right. Uh, and, and maybe <laughs> this is going to be real petty of me, but maybe this is Mike Matheny saying, you know, going through the whole, quote, unquote, Yachty's tired thing again and just misspeaking and, uh, and you know, us as fans taking it for, for what it's worth and saying, oh, no, he actually meant the A's, you know, instead of, you know, he's, you know, the figurative A's. Um, so maybe maybe it's something like that, but I highly doubt it. I, I truly think Mike Matheny thinks that Adam Wainwright is the ace of the staff because he's been there the longest, because he has the experience, he has the postseason experience. You know, he, I think he thinks that legitimately but it's it just it's just hard for me to really put into words why he would call him the ace when he knows that he just doesn't have the numbers I mean we know it everybody has seen it and you know he he pitched well in May and then his wheels fall off his wheels fell off again so am I saying that Wainwright's done no my name's not Dr. Miles so I, I just saying, you know, he's still working, you know, towards the twilight of his career. And actually, Dr. Miles uh, wants to ask you a question, Josh. Let me let me put it to you this way: If Carlos received this extension, you know, and are debating an extension to Wayno, you know, what does that say? If they're Debating an extension to Wainwright, I really have to question the sanity of the front office because if you're not going to debate an extension for Lance Lynn, why in the world would you debate an extension for Adam Wainwright? Lance Lynn has way more in the tank than Wainwright does. I mean, if you want to talk extension with Wainwright, let the extension go into coaching because that's where he needs to be headed. He needs to just work out his contract and I, I hate to say it because it sounds bad. I don't want him to get a Yachty or Molina contract because I think that just plugs things up more than it needs to. I don't just be, and the Cardinals are the type of team to do it. That hometown hero type deal where he's been with you forever. So you want to just show him that respect, but 
there's a point where you have to be smart about it and potentially hurt some feelings. Now, I don't. I think Wainwright is an adult and a gamer, and he understands the business, so I don't think he would be shocked if, you know, at the end of his contract, he's done here. Maybe they work on a short, short-term deal, one or two more years. I believe he's a free agent after next year, right? Correct. Okay. I mean, maybe Wainwright just calls it done, which would make things a lot easier. Because just There's no point in going out and laboring, which is what he's been doing lately. And, again, I want to connect that to injury. I don't have much proof because they didn't seem to have too much of an issue with it until later on. And neither uh, did he. Yeah, he was convinced there was no problems and he was going to be right back. But where is he? I mean, right. it's been more than two a, weeks, is, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Is it a stalling tactic by the team? Is it a stalling tactic by him? I don't know. I, I don't want to get into it because, as we've learned, <laughs> He'll there's come a little after pettiness you. there. Um, <laughs> um, much respect to you, Adam. I love you, man. But you know, I'm I'm just thinking long term here. So here, here's the thing. You make a you make a really interesting point about the Yadier Molina kind of contract extension saving face. Here's what I don't think is going to happen. I don't think Wainwright gets that kind of contract, and mainly it's because you're talking about somebody. You're talking you're talking about two positions of high importance, but are completely different. You know, it's nice to have starting pitching, but when you're not effective, then you, you it's not worth it. Molina, the reason why they gave Molina a contract extension was, yes, because he said he wanted to be a Cardinal for his entire career, and he knew that it was coming to an end. But he is still one of the best catchers in the game, even at his age. And Wainwright, at his age, is not one of the best pitchers in the game, and he cannot... He just can't perform to the same level as he used to. Now, of course, everybody talks about him changing his craft and working on his craft, but that is only going to take you so far. The Cardinals have too many young pitchers, too much talent in their minor league system for Wainwright, of all people, to uh, to block him. And, and Dr. Miles is helping us out here, and he says he – and Wayno turns 38 in 2019, and that's the last year on his current contract. So I guess he has two more years. So honestly, at 38 in 2019, I think he's done. Yeah, I'm not interested in a Jamie Moyer, Bartolo Colon situation here. No way. Um, no way. I – we – I, I'm assuming you heard a lot of the same thing, but after the injury, uh, after the original injury in Milwaukee, which I believe was Achilles, and then mm-hmm. coming later on with the potential arm issues, people are like, you know, Adam Wainwright's the type of guy who can adjust and change how he throws and change his mechanics and do all these things. I haven't seen that. I think he wants to get back to where he was, but it's not going to be a possibility. I think he has every ability to change what he's doing to be more of a an effective pitcher, but he's never going to be 
the guy we saw ever again. So I just I can't back giving him any sort of extension or any any serious role. I just and I I I never I'm never going to disparage a cardinal. I mean, anybody who's listened to us knows that if my I support Randall Gritchick this much, I'm not going to disparage somebody like that. The only one that I believe that I've disparaged in the past was Pete Cosma, and I think that had some very obvious reasons. <laughs> um, I, I, I always want to give respect to someone, especially in his position to where he's done so much for this team and been such a big role, but I'm not willing to hurt the team's ability to improve and succeed going forward because of his past. Right. So I'm going to ask you one more question, and I'll answer it too. And then the second question is actually going to lead us into our final topic of tonight. So my first question to you is, will Adam Wainwright be a member of the starting rotation in 2018? Yes, and I think it's only – I think there's two reasons behind it. The first one being this team isn't going to do something that he doesn't want to do in his final year. They're not going to force him out. They can't trade him. They're not going to relegate him to the bullpen unless it's something he's interested in. And the second part of it is I don't see Alex Reyes starting in the rotation. I think they're going to ease him in. And I think he either starts in AAA or he starts in the bullpen because they're going to limit his innings. He's a very young guy coming off Tommy John. They're not going to take any risks with him. I do not see us opening the year with uh, Waka, Martinez, Weaver, Flaherty, Reyes rotation. That would be awesome, but that's not something I see happening. Yeah, and so I'll I'll answer much to much to your sentiments as well. I think he also will be a member of the rotation. He'll probably slot in as your your four or five guy, which you know for him comes a long way from being the quote unquote ace as Mike Matheny would call it. Um, but you know that's just that's just where I'll leave it at. I'll I'll say he's in the rotation, but. You know, once those young guys are ready, you know, this it, next year will be his last year as a St. Louis Cardinal. I think he knows that, and he's going to he's gonna accept that fate. So we've got about six minutes remaining, maybe a little bit less than that, and we're going to quickly go over the last topic, and, and that's more relevant to the season right now for the rest of September. And it's still about Adam Wainwright, but we're going to throw in another pitcher in the name of Jack Flaherty. And as I mentioned earlier this episode, we were going to hit on this. And right now, Josh, I want you to give me in about two minutes or so, who would you rather see in the rotation the rest of the year, Jack Flaherty or Adam Wainwright? I mean, it's an easy easy answer for me. It's Jack Flaherty. Uh, I do have a little concern with his innings because I I am part of the belief that you need to protect young arms a little bit, and he's definitely hit uh, his 
career high in innings. But the upsides there, the potentials there, it's a lot. There's a lot more that Jack Flaherty can do than I think Adam Wainwright can do. I think that Adam Wainwright could manage a game better, but that's what I think Yadier is there for when it comes to a guy like Jack Flaherty. I believe that Jack Flaherty, just based on his ability to get strikeouts and make guys miss, I don't think Wainwright has that right now. So I'm going to go with the upside and hope it pays out, pays off instead of the guy who was barely hitting 88 but sitting around 85 in his last outing. Yeah, and I think maybe this question just depends on, you know, how we see Adam progress through his recovery and how hard he's throwing to hitters when he throws, you know, live BP or simulated games Uh, because that's going to be a clear indication of how, you know, how well his arm has recovered, you know, over the last three, almost, you know, four weeks. If I had to say right now, I would probably take Jack Flaherty as well to finish out the season because I think he gives you probably the best chance. Plus, if the Cardinals were to make it into the postseason, you know, Wainwright's going to be sitting on practically, what, seven weeks of rest with his injury and his arm problems. Seven weeks of rest can do you some good. Now, the only problem with that is is that he's going to be a little rusty. Now, am I expecting him to throw game game one of a an MLDS or the you know the one game playoffs here game? No, but at some point he's going to have to pitch to get that rust off. So if he does come back, I'm looking probably maybe you know the last two weeks of the season he'll get his two starts. And he'll probably, you know, say, hey, that's a fine tune-up for me. And I think that's exactly where the Cardinals are going to go. And he'll probably start against, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Reds, uh, you know, respectively. So that's going to pretty much do it for tonight, Josh. I mean, do you have any last-minute thoughts as we head into the night, uh, as we see Carpenter, you know, just double to score another run in? Yeah, real quick, just based on this is completely – just an outside guess, but do, would you disagree if the Cardinals went with a playoff rotation saying they make the playoffs and they make it past a, a wildcard game, a Carlos Martinez, Lance Lynn, Michael Walker, Luke Weaver rotation? No, and I think that's what it should be. And, I, you know, honestly, I might even say you start Luke Weaver ahead of, of Waka based on how Luke Weaver has done. But that's an out and Excellent question, and I think that might be something we should say for a roundtable discussion on Thursday. But that's going to do it for us tonight, Josh. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you to our audience. You're listening to the official Redbird Rants podcast for Tito and Josh. We say good night and go Cards.
What a ride. The Cardinals are